Welcome to New Wineskins, a podcast dedicated to helping your church discover fresh perspectives for the 21st century. In each episode, we take time to dialogue with pastors and church staff, lay leaders and experts who bring new ideas and fresh perspectives to support your local church. Now, our host for this program is Dr. Tony Brooks, field strategist for the Baptist General Association of Virginia. Tony's vision for this broadcast is to help you increase your ministry effectiveness, to engage your community, and fulfill your calling in the context of your local culture. Well, we believe that today's episode is going to be a huge resource in helping you do those very things. So we hope that you'll listen all the way through and share this information with others as well. Stay with us until the very end, and we'll tell you how you can get more information about the topics covered in today's episode and how you can connect with Tony and the BGAV. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Here's Tony. I'm very thankful to have with me Reverend Andy Barnes. He is our field strategist for the BJV for Southwest Virginia. Has an amazing story um, in his life and how God brought him to the BJV, uh, along with a church uh, that he recently sent an article um, uh, that, that really could be helpful, the Dirt Church. So we'll get to that later. Andy, I'm glad you're with us. Well, thank you, Tony. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me. I'm amazed at your story, as you've shared uh, when you joined the staff. But I think others need to understand uh, the story and how God worked. Um, I think you were approached before the pandemic, if I remember correctly, to join our staff. And, uh, and then everything broke loose with the pandemic. And then things were going on at your church. So tell them about where you were pastor and kind of what was going on there. Yeah, I'll be happy to. And, you know, God's timing is always uh, so interesting. Often it's in hindsight, but uh, it is a very beautiful, beautiful thing. But I had been approached about the the position of being a field strategist in Southwest Virginia. At the time, there were two part-times, as you would know. Uh, and uh, there was um, this desire on the BGAV's part to have a full-time guy in the field in our area, our region. And so um, Susan McBride uh, found out about Andy Barnes through a totally different story. But um, we began to talk about my becoming a field strategist. Uh, as we talked, it certainly sounded like something that was intriguing to me. I felt like that it was coming at a time that was uh, would be good for the church and, and would be good for me. And um, really walked away down that road with the BGAV. And um, then this thing called COVID came to, uh, came to our door. And um, they put that on the back burner, as did I. Everyone saw the wisdom in that being postponed. And um, I really hadn't given that too much thought. And I think it was maybe two full years later, thereabouts, um, that um, we had just instituted two services at First Baptist Gate City, where at that time I'd been the pastor there for nearly 10 years. And uh, our second service, which was a contemporary service, was the one that was clearly, um, you know, getting momentum. And so it looked like the service of the future for for our church. And um, we had just hired, for the first time in the history of that church, 
a worship leader. And uh, we had had ministers of music and different things, but we needed a worship leader, a contemporary worship leader. And like most churches during the pandemic, you know, uh, giving was still faithful, but it was not as strong as it had been uh, before the pandemic. And uh, so um, bringing this person on was a real stretch uh, to us in a number of ways, not the least of which was financial. And so uh, we did bring him on, but we brought him on like in, I think it was July. And we said that we would uh, revisit that at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, if it wasn't fiscally responsible for him to continue, that his position would not be renewed. Now, I really felt like that his position was so integral to the future of this church because he was a very gifted worship leader. Uh, Our associate pastor had been there, I think, six or seven years when I became the senior pastor or the lead pastor. And so we had a very good pastoral presence in-house. And um, so all of these things were coming together. And I was, uh, you know, just wondering what we're going to do to keep this worship leader. And uh, I was talking to him one day. And you know how you can be visiting with somebody, but yet your mind's on something else. And so I was talking with this guy, but my mind was on, goodness, how are we going to be able to keep him? And he's so integral to our church. And um, Susan McBride is a name that obviously I would have known because only two years earlier, we had walked through that road, that uh, walked down that road together. And so as I'm talking to him, my phone was facing him and I had it on silent, but he could see my caller ID. And so while I'm having these thoughts, he goes, Andy, do you know a Susan McBride? (laughs) And um, I said to him, I said, yeah, I I know Susan. I said, I'll give her a call back later. And then my next thought was, God, are you kidding me? Are you (laughs) going to be this obvious about this? Are you going to say, I'm going to show you how I can come right in the midst of your thoughts. And I can give you just set the table with a solution. So anyway, I finished the meeting with the um, with the worship leader, and he went his direction. And I called um, Susan back, and Susan just said, you know, John Upton's uh, given me the full green light to uh, re-pursue this position. And she said, I told him, I said, John, I'm just going to start right where I left off, and uh, I'm going to go back to Andy. And he said, well, that's fine with me. And she said, are you interested in continuing this discussion? And I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. And so we started the discussion. I came home and told Marsha, long story short, that was July. By October 1, I was in the saddle as the uh, new uh, field strategist for the Southwest Virginia region uh, with the BGAV. And Andy, that's a great story and how God works Uh, in that transition, just helping them move forward as a church. Um, So the associate pastor became the pastor. Well, he did. And that's a that's a beautiful story, too, because, uh, you know, when I knew I was going to accept the position with the BGAV, I called the deacons together and um, I told them what I was going to do. And um, in the context of telling them that I was resigning and I would be working out a, uh, a notice, 
I said, now I have forfeited the right to speak into the future of this church by the position that I've taken and the choice that I've made. But I said, I do have some strong feelings about what should be done. And uh, one of the deacons said in front of everybody in the room, he said, I don't think you forfeited the right. I want to hear it. And uh, then the deacons began to popcorn in agreement, you know. Yes, I do too. Yes, I do too. And so they gave me that green light, and I told them that I thought they should call the associate pastor. I said, you know, he is relationally connected with the people. Um, I said, I think you need to go to one service upstairs, contemporary service. I said, that's where I was headed. But I said, Jeff is so connected to the people, they will totally trust him in that. And I said, in addition to that, Jeff can share his vision at the same time that he presents himself as the candidate. And so essentially, the church would be voting on both a pastor and a vision. And um, so he did a beautiful job of that. And they did vote for him uh, almost unanimously. and. Um, they are now in one service, and I can tell you six months into this now that that church has never been healthier. Um, I was there 10 years, and God has just, I go down there on Sunday mornings, not each Sunday morning because I'm at different places, but when I go on Sunday mornings, there's always new people that I haven't seen from the Sunday before. So God is uh, doing a great work down at First Baptist Gate City. Amen. Andy, that's a great word. I wanted them to hear the whole story and appreciate you sharing that. Uh, we also know that there are churches uh, reinventing in different ways, using fresh expressions. And you shared with us um, an article about the dirt church. So why don't you fill folks in about that? Well, the dirt church had an interesting beginning. Uh, Winston Johnson who is the pastor of uh, Renewed Church in Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, it's also a coffee house. Uh, Renewed Brew is a coffee brew that they have there. Um, he has a passion for dirt biking. Um, and in his passion for dirt biking, he decided that he would build a track off of Interstate 81 on his property near Abingdon up in a field. And so this track, this course uh, became, you know, easily seen. And uh, it wasn't long before people were asking if they could ride there. And um, as they would come to ride, Winston, just because he carries the love of God in his heart and he is a full-time disciple of Jesus and, you know, uh, witnessing is not something you do, it's who you are. How can we help but share what we've seen and heard, Right to use the word of those early disciples, people that would come there to ride. Winston would just ride with them and love on them, and they would, he'd share Jesus with them. And, um, and then a few became several, and several became many. And um, there was a move of God that started in the place. And it was complete with salvations and baptisms, and all of this centered around discussions that they would have around a fire after they finished writing. And um, from the discussions that they would have, you know, these people were unchurched. Um, he was telling the story today because I just talked with him today. 
that they didn't know biblical names like Moses, like David. You know, they did not know biblical names. They obviously had heard the name of Jesus, but knew very little about him. And um, so that was the beginning of uh, the Dirt Church. I actually got an email from Mary Lee at our uh, home office in Richmond. And she said, you have a new church that's joined the BGAV? It's called the Dirt Church. So as we do, you know, we just, I just got immediately got online and Googled it and found out who the pastor was and got in touch with him. And uh, it truly is a fresh expression and God really is moving in their midst. Andy, I love that story. Now, I think there is Monday and Tuesdays, if I remember that they have the track open. They do. And he was um, he was telling us that, you know, it was just uh, just open last night. He was given testimonies from from last night of, of things that were going on. In addition, as God would have it, he said these a lot of these folks are really good uh, motocross riders. And so they have um, they have developed, organized a uh, motocross team that will now be traveling nationally, and he thinks eventually internationally. And the name of the team, they've even got it on their, uh, uh, on their trailer that would carry the bikes, is, is called Send It. And um, so they're going to go into other venues all across the country and eventually the world, and they're going to set up the dirt church meetings of people that at the motocross areas that would like to come and just hear um, as Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story. Amen. Yeah. Andy, I, man, this is so exciting. It really is. I told you before we came on that um, when I was at Bethel, we had a couple of uh, different young people that were big into uh, motorcycle riding, especially kind of motocross, dirt riding, and uh, would love to have had this example years ago. And we're going to reach a whole lot of new folks with this. And I, I challenge churches to look at their community. What could bring folks together to start some sort of new, fresh expression of what it means to be church? And you have provided a great one for us to share. I'm very thankful. Andy, uh, again, I know that we may differ on one thing. You're a big Tennessee fan. <laughs> I'm a big Auburn fan. Uh, I did put Tennessee down on two of my brackets to win, by the way. Um, even, even in those things, how can we bring people together to talk about something as simple as basketball? Well, that's a very good point, Tony. And, you know, um, my step into ministry was with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, I was, uh, I'm just an old coach. I am uh, the least likely of candidates to have become a pastor in a Baptist church and to be a field strategist with the BGAV because I'm neither theologically trained nor have I been Baptist up until about 12 years ago. But my step into ministry was through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, and I was involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as I was both a high school and a college basketball coach. And um, that's how my wife and I met. She did her student teaching at the high school where I was a 
basketball coach, and she was a former All-American at East Tennessee State University. And so we had this thing of basketball in common, and God just decided he would put us together and we would share many more things in common. Um, but, you know, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a longstanding ministry that's been ministering through the athletic world for a long time. And um, I think that, you know, where people are passionate about something, uh, whether it be basketball or whether it be golf or whether it be motocross or whatever it is, perhaps we can step into those passions, especially if we share the passion in common. Uh, I could, you know, I'd be a little bit out of my turf with motocross, but I can step into somebody's basketball passion or maybe even their golf passion. And I can, I can see that as an opportunity to share the love of God with them. You know, and I alluded to it just a few minutes ago, but it's so true. You remember those early apostles that I know think I think Peter was one of them. I forget the other one, but they were arrested for speaking in the name of Jesus, you know, and making an uproar. And as they uh, released them, they told them, they said, you know, we're going to release you, but we want you to go and not speak any further in that name. And uh, they said to them, they said, uh, well, you'll have to determine whether or not you think we should speak in that name. But as for us, we can't help but share what we've seen and heard. So as a basketball coach, I couldn't help but share what I've seen and heard. How can you have a basketball team that you call family and spend an entire season with them and not talk to them about Jesus? And so um, that was just part of our culture. I didn't necessarily coach at um, Christian schools. One of the schools where I coached was the University of Kentucky. But part of our culture was I had the opportunity to talk to our players about Jesus Christ and the love of God. So as we step into those passions we have, whether it's motocross or whatever it might be, we have opportunities just for the, the overflow of our heart to, uh, to impact lives around us. Amen, Andy. You know, I had to bring up the basketball because I remember you telling me you were a coach at one time. And I thought, you know, um, so if someone wanted to know more, let's just talk about the Dirt Church. It sounds like there's going to be a video possibly at our annual meeting tied to Fresh Expressions. Uh, so that would be one way. Um, if they wanted to talk to you about um, your experience as a pastor, um, how to connect FCA to the church, whatever it might be. Um, is there a contact information you want to give out? Yeah, I would be happy to. Uh, by the way, I'm still involved in FCA. I'm a part-time guy with them, very part-time, very part-time, but um, just have the opportunities to go speak to teams and huddles and to coaches. Uh, and so I, I continue to do that. Um, the pastor of the Dirt Church is Winston Johnson. And um, you could just Google the Dirt Church. I don't have his contact information uh, handy, but just Google the Dirt Church, or I think you could even do the Church of Dirt. Um, there was a spot on our local television within the last uh, week or 10 days that they had about a four-minute spot on there. So I'm sure you could go to WJHL TV and uh, you could get that uh, in the Tri-Cities, uh, East Tennessee. 
Uh, my own personal contact information is just simply Andy, A-N-D-Y dot Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S at B-G-A-V dot org. So if you wanted to email me, I would love to uh, to be in touch with you and uh, we will continue this discussion further. And to anyone who would hear this podcast, I want you to know that if there's any way at all that uh, that we can help you as the BGAV or that Tony or I can help you just as brothers in Christ, we would be happy to do that. Amen. Andy, thank you. This has been a great, great interview and we'll see what happens. Um, But thank you for this time. It's my pleasure, Tony. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity. Hey, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that you found something that you can put in use today for your ministry context. If you'd like more information about any of the topics that we've covered, the Baptist General Association, or maybe you have questions, you can reach out to Tony by email at tony.brooks at bgav.org. You can also check out the BGAV website, bgav.org. Thanks for listening today. And if you like this show, please leave us a comment or post a review. And make sure to catch our next episode of New Wineskins, where we discuss fresh perspectives for the local church in the 21st century.